to our show, Dreams, Passion, and Your Hong Kong Story. Today we have with us highly energetic, highly charismatic, and dedicated professional turned entrepreneur, Jim Bagley. Hello, Jim, and welcome to our show. Thank you, Sharon. So Jim is from the USA, and he is presently the CEO of Citadel Pacific Limited, a diversified private holding company, and is in charge of company's Pacific Island businesses. He was on the boat for Citadel for nearly nine years before he joined them as the CEO of this company. Prior to joining Citadel, Jim worked at DFS Group, a luxury travel retailer as their EVP strategy and business development and was based in Hong Kong. He worked at DFS for nearly 21 years at many different roles before becoming their EVP. So Jim, how long have you been in Hong Kong? Well, we've been in Hong Kong uh, a total of about 15 years and we've lived here twice. So the first time was for five years, mm -hmm. and we liked it so much we came back, and uh, it's been 10 years now. So did you start your career in Hong Kong? No, I started my career in Taiwan, actually. I see. So I graduated from university, and the first thing I wanted to do was move to Asia. I knew mm -hmm. that's where I wanted to go. So I started my career in Taiwan, uh, took a small detour to Guam, mm -hmm. um, met a girl, Got married. Yes. Um, and then eventually we stayed in Guam for a few more years before finally moving to Hong Kong in 1998. And so when you moved to Hong Kong, you had a job already or like you, you came here and I, you decided to move to Hong Kong and look for a job here? No, I had a, I had a job um, and we had an office in Hong Kong and this was at Bluebell at the time. And I had known I always wanted to live and work in Hong Kong. I think my first time to visit Hong Kong was in 1993. Um, and I was so captivated by the city, by the energy of the city, and by the dynamics of the city that I knew at some point I wanted to, to, to live in Hong Kong and to move there. So that was the first opportunity to do it, so we took it. So you were in your 20s, you were born and raised in the U.S., but then you come to Hong Kong, you visit right. the city, and you decide that this is where I want to live. Yes. So yes. what was the most attractive thing about Hong Kong, I mean? I, I think the most attractive thing about Hong Kong is you've got the geography of Hong Kong, which is it's, it's perfectly situated if mm -hmm. you want to do business in Asia or really do global business. Hong Kong is perfectly situated. You can really get to, with a single plane flight, you can get to most places in the world that you would need to go to from, from Hong Kong. But what makes Hong Kong, I think, so special is really the people and the energy of the city. Um, you meet people from all over the world in Hong Kong. It's always been a crossroads. It's always kept that flavor. It's always kept those ingredients. And you meet people from all over the world. Um, and because of that, it's always been such an entrepreneurial and dynamic and fast-moving place that if you, if you thrive in that sort of energy, mm -hmm. then Hong Kong really, I think, is, is unparalleled in terms of a place to, to live and to work and to do business. You have spent a total of 21 years in Hong Kong. Or fi 15 years in Hong Kong in total. 15, 15 years. years. So was yeah. that continuously or you went out and you came back in your corporate career? How was it? Two, two different times. So the first time was with one company for, for five years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I left and I came back to DFS and then eventually came back to Hong Kong and that's this time for, for 10 years. Okay, so you saw Hong Kong in two different times. Early 90s, um, I'd always been traveling to Hong Kong. So I think I've either lived in Hong Kong or traveled to Hong Kong consistently since the early 90s. So was there a difference that you noticed when you were here for the first time and then mm. when you came for the second time? So can you highlight some of the differences or some of the similarities or consistency that you noticed about this city? Yeah, I, w I would say there's both. There are differences and similarities. I think the thing that, that stood out for me the most in the first time I visited Hong Kong was just, 
just how much energy there was in, in the city. Um, and I think Hong Kong has always kept that. I think that has never changed. And as you've gone from, uh, from a, a British colonial government to the one country, two systems government, I don't think that either of those systems have really changed the core of Hong Kong that much, that it's mm -hmm. a very entrepreneurial, dynamic, mm -hmm. and energetic city. I, I mean, it, it kind of, my wife and I, we, we took this for granted, but there was a time about five years ago when we were walking to the streets of New York, and we took our boys to New York for the first time. And I asked my oldest son, uh, who would have been 12 at the time, what do you think of New York? And he said, I really like it. I like the energy, um, and I could really live here. And I said, really, you could really live here? And he said, yes. He said, because also it's a bit relaxed. And I turned to my wife and I said, okay, wow, that's a different perspective. When you think Manhattan is relaxed, then that tells you something about Hong Kong. But we've always thrived on, on the energy of Hong Kong. And I think that's always remained the same. Uh -huh. um, things that have changed, um, I think the, 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 the makeup of the city has changed from an international perspective. I mean, it used to be... I think the largest uh, population, the largest foreign population in Hong Kong for a long time were, were British. Mm -hmm. um, then that changed with the handover and now it's a, it's a very mixed international population. You have a very large American population here, a large and growing French population, obviously Indian population, Japanese, Korean, Southeast Asian. So if you're someone who, who thrives in that sort of a melting pot type of environment or yeah. you get energy from mm -hmm. that, Hong Kong has always been a, a, a great place for that. Um, and those things have changed over the years. Mm -hmm. um, Hong Kong has always, I think, kept an edge about it in that you, you see many things that are new in Hong Kong. And yes. Hong Kong is quick to pick up adapt. new things and okay. quick to adapt. And so um, technology has changed this city tremendously from, from when it first started, like a lot of cities around the world. But Hong Kong, uh, with its entrepreneurial spirit, has always been fast to move and, and quick to change. So, so you were at DFS for nearly like 21 years, mm -hmm. and um, I know you a little bit more than um, you know than many other people whom I've interviewed. And I know you're a very adventurous guy. Uh, you love fly fishing. You love skiing. You love baseball. You're a coach at your kids' uh, school team. Right. So. You know, knowing someone like you, you would imagine that, like, you know, you're always looking for change, but then you've been at DFS consistently for a long time at different roles. What kept you so motivated at and energized at DFS? Um, well, it would, be, it would be three things, and I think that they're consistent with the way you, the way you just described me. Um, first of all, I think the, the industry that, that DFS is in is, yes, it's a retail company, but DFS is really in the business of travel and tourism. Because the target is really is, is tourists and international travelers. And that industry is a dynamic industry. It's one of the fastest growing and now the largest industry in the world is the, is the industry of travel and tourism worldwide and everything that's involved in that. And so that's always been a dynamic and changing and fast-paced industry. Um, so that's one thing that's always kept me interested because I love to travel. Um, and so being able to work in the travel and tourism industry has been something that, that has worked well for me. Secondly, I think having the headquarters here in Hong Kong, which allows us access, really easy access to Asia. Asia and Southeast Asia has, for the last 20 years, I think, been the most dynamic part of the world um, to be in with the changes and seeing 
seeing the growth of China, seeing the growth of Southeast Asia, the emerging middle class that's happening in, in this part of the world has really been um, incredibly dynamic and, and led to a lot of opportunities. And finally, then the people that, that you work with. And I think that, I think that yeah, it's, it's unusual for people these days, I think, to spend that long with one company or one industry. But for me, it was never, never a, a thought because you have a, a, a part of the world that's changing, an industry that's changing, and a dynamic, exciting group of people to work with. Uh, my attitude was, you know, why, do you, why would you want to go anywhere else? Perfect. You're a consistent man as well. <laughs> <laughs> so was being based in Hong Kong an advantage to your career in DFS days? Uh, yes, it was. It was. Well, our, our headquarters, uh, DFS chose to move its global headquarters to Hong Kong and move them back to Hong Kong. Um, and so that was uh, uh, certainly a, an advantage because this was the, the headquarters for the company. Um, so being here was, was, was important, yes. I see. And you, you, I just read about your, you know, your, uh, you're also receiving degree from National Shengxi University in Taiwan. So can you speak Chinese fluently? Uh, I, w I wouldn't say fluently. I started studying Chinese in 1998. I see. Um, Mandarin? Mandarin, okay. correct, correct. Um, so was that really advantageous at DFS or you know or Bluebells all the careers? You I think at? so. I think at the time I started studying Mandarin, I didn't realize it would be as big an advantage as it was. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I started studying Mandarin just because I was looking at an economics degree, which is highly theoretical, uh -huh. um, and saying, okay, I wanted something practical and I wanted something that was a little bit more forward-looking. And at that time, everyone was studying Japanese. That was the, the Asian language to learn. And I thought, well, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years down the road, I think Chinese might actually be a skill that, that would be more important. And I so, And so I went to Taiwan and, and started studying there. Yeah. And so now you are in this new entrepreneurial venture. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us something about that? And what motivated you for this change? So uh, this was, a, again, another opportunity that, uh, that I just couldn't pass up. Um, two motivations. One um, was to work with uh, a company that, uh, as you mentioned, I've been on the board of for, for quite some time. Yeah. It's a, a private company that's owned by a, a family that's a, a very good friend of mine. Um, and we're diversified, invested into energy business. Mm -hmm. um, we're into the telecom and data business, and we're into airport and aviation services. So three very, very different businesses. Um, and it's a chance now for us to move back to back to Guam, um, which is where my wife's family is from, and spend oh, a little bit more time with the family. How has Hong Kong been a place for your family from your personal perspective? Uh, I, think, I think one of the biggest myths about Hong Kong that is, is that a lot of people, until you've lived here, you really don't understand it, is you really think that you'd be living in a, in a completely urban environment. Mm -hmm. You're not in Hong Kong. You can absolutely, it's one of the most dynamic, dense urban environments in the world. But the majority of the land in Hong Kong is, is open space, is green. Um, my wife also loves adventure sports, probably more so even than I do. Um, and here you can, you can play any sport you can think of. Uh, we can be on the water, we like to wakeboard, we like to sail, we like to hike. Um, oh and for a family that enjoys being outdoors, Hong Kong is actually a, a great place to be. I agree, and not many people know about that. No, they don't. And, and you also have different climates in different types of the year. You have a very hot summer, but you also have a very cool winter time in Hong Kong. So you can be outdoors year-round, but it's not always hot or it's not cold a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. 
And so really there are different sports and activities that you can do year round to keep yourself busy. And Hong Kong's a great place for that. Where else in the world can you be in your apartment and order up a wakeboard boat and in 20 minutes be wakeboarding for an hour and then they drop you off and you're done? Absolutely. Only in Hong Kong. Only in Hong Kong. And especially when you're at the Repulse Baby, which is where <laughs> you live. I know that. All right. So are you ready for the rapid fire question round? That sure, is getting sure. to know Jim's Hong Kong story in a little <laughs> more fun way. All right. So yes. Question number one. What's your most favorite fun activity in Hong Kong? I know you do many things, so most which is your most favorite? fun activity. My most favorite fun activity is anything that I'm doing with my boys and my wife. So okay. any activity that we do together. Which um, would be? Uh, we like to sail, uh, we like to hike, uh, we play baseball, well the boys and I play baseball. Mom always comes along though to cheer us on. Um, so pretty much anything that we can do together. Individually, uh, I like to play tennis and I like to sail. Wow, okay. So what is your most favorite casual dining place in Hong Kong? Any place serving uh, Xiaolong Bao. So I like Crystal Jade a lot. Okay. We like to go there a lot. Okay. Um, that's probably right now our, our favorite casual dining And your most place. favorite formal dining place in Hong Kong? Formal dining place in Hong Kong. Wow, there are so many. Um, one. We we like the fireside at the American Club mm -hmm. just because it's so it's so convenient and it's so easy. Um, if we are going to go out of there, um, we've always liked uh, Petrus at the Shangri La is is very very nice. If you have to hang hang yourself loose and have fun with friends, mm. not with family but with friends, yes. what's your most favorite thing to do in Hong Kong? Get all my friends on the sailboat and we go out sailing for an yeah. afternoon. And your favorite bar in Hong Kong? Favorite bar in Hong Kong? Um, I like. You know, I'm a bit of a. I, I like a bit of the nostalgia. I like the history of Hong Kong. Um, I enjoy the chinnery at the Mandarin. Um, it's a bit of a throwback to the old traditional British colonial days, uh -huh. um, and you're finding less and less of that in Hong Kong. And so I, I think that's kind of neat. So as a Hong Konger, what mm. are you most proud about Hong Kong? I would say I'm most proud about Hong Kong's resilience, mm -hmm. um, and it's international, its embrace of multicultural society. I think I would be most proud of in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. What would you tell the business leaders around the world? Why should they engage with Hong Kong? I think if you're going to engage with Asia in, in any way, Hong Kong is a great place to engage, to engage Asia through Hong Kong, mm -hmm. um, China and Southeast Asia and, and the rest of Asia. It's a great place to do it. It's a great platform to do it. Um, and I, I can't say enough about, I think, the importance of Hong Kong as a hub for, for as a gateway to this part of the world and a gateway to China. Okay, and the final question, what would you tell the 7 billion people around the world? Why should they visit Hong Kong? There's no place like Hong Kong. Wow. There really isn't. Well, thank you so much for coming to our show. Thank you.